Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we just had a report that came out that talks about CEOs making predictions for 2024. And we've got 84% of consensus say that they see this coming down the pipeline. So let's check it out here. We go to the visualcapitalist.com. Fantastic website, by the way. And uh, we've got some projections. So we're going to go over what these CEOs are talking about. But we're also going to look at these uh, uh, surveys that have been done with the general public and a a wide range of individuals. And then I'm going to give you kind of my interpretation of the pros and cons of the bull argument and the bear argument, which is how they present it in this article. So 2024 projections, what's next for the U.S. economy? Despite slowing growth, Federal Reserve staff are no longer forecasting a recession due to the economy's resilience. Yeah. Who thinks a recession is coming? So yield curve, 61% probability. I have no idea how they're getting 61%. From what I read, it would be 100% or as close to 100% as possible. I mean, 999 I don't know where they're getting, uh, well, they've got an asterisk here. Maybe they explain this a little further. Economists, we've got basically a coin toss. We've got the Fed staff at 0%, which if you're someone who is betting on having us having a recession in 2024, this should make you feel very good. Because if you're fading the Federal Reserve and the Fed staff, as far as their predictions, you're going to be right nine out of 10 times. Now, as far as the economists, again, coin toss, consumers call it 70%. Goldman Sachs, they're just going to parrot whatever they think the Fed wants them to say. So the, the fact, if you're on the opposite side of Goldman Sachs, like I am, I would uh, use that as, I would see that as a good thing. I would be even more confident in my base case if Goldman Sachs is saying something the, uh, the opposite to where I see the probabilities. Bank of America, 35 to 40%. CEOs, this is what I was talking about, the title, 84%, 84% see a recession coming in 2024 or within the next 12 months. So you got to ask yourself, who's going to be more honest, CEOs or the Fed staff? And if I'm a betting man, I'm betting on the CEOs. Here we go. So... How are you? So, okay, so that asterisk is right here where they're getting the 61% with the yield curve based on New York Fed model estimating recession probabilities using 10-year minus three-month yield spreads based on data from 1959 to 2009. How are you getting 61%? That, that is bizarre. Maybe they're saying that, that it's within the time frame because it can't be recession or else that would be basically 100%. So maybe it's just within this specific time frame, but usually that takes about 18 months. On average, from the time the three-month inverts with the 10-year that we have the recession, and we're caught 15 months into it right now. So I guess if the average is 18, you could see, let's say, or you could uh, see maybe 24 months based on history, maybe a little bit longer. But if we're at 15 months right now, you add on another 12 that could be, oh, yeah, I guess that would take us to 27 months. So maybe that's why it's a 61% probability because it's within 
27 months and maybe some recessions going back to 1959 occurred after 27 months uh, or occurred 27 months after the yield curve inverted. Maybe that would be my best guess as to why they're giving us only 61%. Oh, and here's another interesting factoid that they failed to mention. The CEOs were A, surveyed in Q3. Okay, so when was that in Q3? Uh, Probably wasn't yesterday. Uh, Probability of recession over the next 12 to 18 months. So they stretched it out there and said 12 to 18 months, which is where you're getting that 84% where the title of the damn chart is within the next 12 months. Come on, visual capitalists. I'm giving you props here right at the beginning of the video. (laughs) And then you're coming in with this nonsense. You can do better than that. Jeez. All right, percentage of S&P 500 companies citing keywords in earnings calls. Inflation, so that's been going down, as you would imagine. Material costs, probably you'd see the same thing with inflation. Economic slowdown. That is decreasing. Wow. That just goes to show you what a CEO's job is. See, a CEO's job is when they're talking to shareholders to paint as rosy picture as possible. But then when they're filling out a survey that's anonymous, they're like, recession, 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 recession. No, we're seeing all these negative things, all these storm clouds on the horizon. When they get on that call with investors, they think, oh, oh, recession? What recession? The Fed's saying there's a 0% chance. Are you kidding me? Look out the window. The economy's resilient. And then they get that anonymous survey or they're out having beers with their buddy. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're doing everything we can to make ends meet. We see a recession as a 99% probability. So it's the difference between what they say when they're not on the record and what they say when they're actually talking to shareholders. Of course, they're talking about job cuts, and that's been increasing. Now, the one thing that they didn't mention here, which I think is very relevant, is how much they're talking about shoplifting. I mean, they I forgot what stupid term they give it, uh, but it's basically shoplifting. They call it shrink or something like that. Uh, I mean, I'll bet you that would go from, you know, like 9% up to 99% of CEOs are talking about that, which, look, if we have shoplifting exploding in the United States... Is that a sign of a resilient economy and a resilient consumer? Come on. But now they get into, uh, okay, they're just outlining what the data they presented in the chart. We got that. But now they make a bull case and a bear case. So they're being very fair. I think they're presenting both sides of the argument. So let's go through the bull case and the bear case, and we'll see if I agree with it. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Ceresna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists 
that are taking their investing to the next level. Among the key factors, investors are closely watching center around impact of higher interest rates on the economy. Okay, that's fair. For a bull case, higher rates appear as though they haven't significantly impacted consumer spending yet. Uh, that would be yet. So my rebuttal to that would be, okay, you may be correct, but this is a lagging indicator. And we know that interest rate hikes lag significantly. So what the Fed was doing a year ago, we're just now seeing that play out in the economy. Why? Because most of the debt that we have in the economy, you don't roll it over immediately. It's not like credit card debt where you roll it over in a year, in two years, in three years. And a lot of that debt is in commercial real estate, as an example. So a lot of those people have not yet had to pay the piper, but they will. And when they do, that's when you see more and more bankruptcies, which is what we're seeing with small and mid-sized business right now. And that's when you see that that lag effect um, come to fruition. And that's when you see the impacts of those interest rates that were done a year ago. The interest rate hikes that we've seen over the past six months, we're going to be seeing that play out over the next year throughout 2024. You can't sit there and say that, oh, well, all the interest rates are already baked into the cake. That's, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of how interest rate hikes affect the overall economy. So getting back to the article, retail sales have been solid. Earnings across Home Depot, Walmart, Lowe's, and other major retail, retailers show resilience. Right, but that's because their stimmy checks, uh, they accumulated all this, you know, what they say is excess savings or additional savings, let's call it that. And now we know that that additional savings is coming to an end. Even according to the San Francisco Fed, that's going to be hitting zero in Q3 of this year, which is right now. And so you have to ask yourself the question, if they had all this additional savings and they drew down that savings, why? Because they're just spending like drunken sailors? I mean, maybe to a certain degree, but I think more so because their wages have not kept up with the rate of inflation. And therefore, they had to spend that additional savings to make ends meet. So you would assume, if that's the case, that once the additional savings is gone, they're going to go into the negative, which is the next point they bring up here. And why that, yes, it's resilient, but we see more and more of these consumers having to put those expenditures on a credit card. And this is what they discuss in the bear case here. Household debt has reached a record high, $17 trillion. Now, a lot of you may say, well, yeah, that's because housing prices are so high. Right, but remember, the amount of buyers is at an all-time low. So it is true that the buyers are buying expensive houses, but we have a lot fewer buyers. So as an example, if we normally have $1.5 trillion homes for sale, and let's just say those 1.5 trillion, 1.5 million, excuse me, <laughs> homes for sale in the United States. Let's just say every three months, we've got a uh, 100 or 1.2 million that are rolling over. Okay, well, even at lower prices, if you have 1.2 million houses selling, the, the, the chances are the nominal debt on those 1.2 million homes that are being sold is going to be a lot higher than 500,000 even though the price of the 500000 is higher. You see what I'm saying? So I don't think that home prices being high is an argument that would explain all of household debt being at record highs, which is $17 trillion. And my gosh, I didn't realize this. And it's rising at 19% year over year? Whoa, I did not see that before. Wow. It's at 17 trillion now, which is a record high, and it's rising at almost 20% year over year. 
Jeez. Okay, well, look up unsustainable in the dictionary, and that is exactly what you will see. Higher rates have led these borrowing costs to jump, likely affecting household budgets. Right, but again, let's just say there's $17 trillion in debt. A lot of that, it is true, is 30-year fixed-rate mortgages. But I would argue that's going to be impacted, as far as the equity, by the buyers shrinking to the point where they're almost non-existent. So any home sale will sell at a lower price, and those comps, since the price set at the margin, will impact the other 140 million homes that are not for sale. So it's not like the people that have the 30-year fixed-rate debt are completely insulated, uh, far from it, right? But the main point here is that a good portion of the $17 trillion in debt is going to have to be rolled over. Now, whether that's $5 trillion, $6 trillion, I don't know. But the fact that, you know, let's just say a, a trillion of it has, had, has uh, been rolled over since the Fed has raised rates, okay, well, next year it's going to be $2 trillion, $3 trillion, $4 trillion, and that's when the rubber really meets the road especially if the debt is increasing by 20% year over year. I mean, it's almost at 20, that's almost $4 trillion increase in 2024. How is that even possible? I mean, you got to figure GDP is like 25 trillion. So we're going to be increasing. And this is not, this is not federal. Let me be very, very clear. This is not government debt we're talking about. This is household debt. Wow. That, that, man, boy, that is a bug in search of a windshield <laughs> if I ever saw one. Jeez. All right. Well, yeah, think about higher borrowing costs with the debt increasing. That I mean, forget the government debt. I think that's the least of our problems when you look at the overall debt in the household sector. They say, meanwhile, corporate defaults have accelerated in 2023, not just corporate defaults, you guys watched the video I did yesterday. It's small and mid-sized businesses. They're going bankrupt at a rate higher than we saw even during the Cerveza sickness. So they say overall they're mixed signals. Yeah, I would agree that they're mixed signals, but you've got one signal that is looking into the future and one signal that's looking into the rearview mirror. The bull signals looking in the rearview mirror, the bear signals looking ahead of us to see what's coming. And quite frankly, if you're trying to predict the future, you want to look through the windshield. You don't want to look through the, the rear view mirror. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and we'll see you in the next video.